Call with Dads, your podcast for unscripted conversations and honest opinions about what matter to dads. Join the call in this journey called fatherhood. Now here are your hosts to get things started. E.A. Maynard, the man of many words and some of them can make sense. Hi, I'm E.A. Maynard. Along with Mr. Pancakes, who is working to bring back family traditions starting with breakfast. This is Mr. Pancake, and this is Call with Dads. Animals, pets, possibly different kind of pets, but... I mean, for me, I know, like, I'm guessing we're diving into this. So, like, for me, we have, I'd say, three cats here. We've had, I'm thinking, two hermit crabs and a salamander now that my my son collected from a creek, which supposedly salamanders aren't supposed to eat each other, but in a sealed contained sealed terrarium we started off with three salamanders and now we only have one and none of them could have gotten out so my guess is is one got a little hungrier than he should have and he kind of ate the others who knows but (laughs) well like i know and kind of what got me thinking is a devil advocate thing is i know a while back ago, when I worked at a glass company, I was talking with the owner of the cl- company I worked for, and he just had a kid, and my right. son was still very young at that time, and, you know, I was talking to him about pets and kids, and he was very adamant about not wanting pets around his kid, about how the responsibility, he lists off literally the things I went through and found as like the deterrence that people are against pets for were the things listed off. Like if you have a young kid or an infant, according to the CDC, it can get germs. Ooh, germs. But, but those germs could cause illness to severe illness, things like that. And my explanation to him was, are you keeping your kid from going outside? Because it could be the same thing, but also, The extra expense of having a pet versus getting used to having a kid. And then, of course, young kids don't take care of the pets, so that would leave him or the parent to take care of the pets. Right. And, of course, what do you do if you have a pet and the, it dies? And those were the negatives that I found a lot of people talk about online and he brought up as well. I mean, right. so I'm going to play both sides of the card on this because... One is obviously we have pets, <laughs> right? Yeah. So with that being said, we're very much pro pets. You, yeah. I believe, you mentioned before you have a dog. Yep. Yeah, we have we have a a French bulldog. <laughs> it's my absolute favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I picked that up on the last time you mentioned about it. <laughs> so, like, what pee. is what is your stance? Let's. Let's start off with this. What is your stance about having a pet? Is it was it your choice? Um, Are you pro it? Are you against it? Where did you stand? So from for me and my kid, I I think pets are great, especially for children. I, I don't see any like uh, real like solid negatives, honestly. Um, I, I was doing the same thing as you. I was researching it online. Um, for the most part, it, it came up with the same thing, like, you know, the, the cost, uh, the potential for disease and illness and so on and so forth. And I mean, if you think about the majority of those illnesses and stuff, 
I mean, they talk about some like illness nobody's ever heard about before. <laughs> and the chances of you even possibly getting it, I mean, you'd have to like, I mean, you, you'd have to go to like whatever, what was that like uh, planet that uh, Thanos had that, the time, the mind star, time stone or whatever on. And then you have to like give up your firstborn, some stuff. To, and that's the only way you could ever potentially get that disease. <laughs> so it was like, Listing that off as a potential negative is just absolute nonsense right. um, to me. Um, as far as the cost, I mean, you're you're an adult. Grow up. You know what I mean? If you can't afford it, don't get it. Just that simple. That's a fair, exactly. that's a fair, that's a fairly simple you know task. You know, fairly simple thought in the in the idea of getting a pet. Um, you know, it's not like a child where a child some sometimes very well ch- children can come upon you. <laughs> against right. your will, you know, due, due to the act that the majority of us like to do, uh, <laughs> you know, an accidental, you know, oops. So pets are not like that. Pets are a full-blown decision, 100%. You make that decision on whether you bring that pet into your family or not. So ju- judging it on the cost and complaining about the cost for people, to me, if you're complaining about that, sorry, you can well, whine it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump in there for like yeah. an example. So before we had my son, right? I right. had a cat named Gremlin and literally yeah. my publishing company is named after her. So, <laughs> but I had Gremlin for 17 years. And right. this also kind of goes to the death part because she died while my son was still young. But a 17 year old mm. cat is a very old cat. Yeah. And. So we had, and then before my son was born, when my wife and I got married, we ended up having a roommate that moved out and left all his stuff, including his cat. So, so we ended up having two cats before right. we had kids. Now, right. mind you, we got used to the expense of feeding, taking care of all the stuff for both cats. Yeah. So we had the cats, but some people will be in my situation, my wife's situation, and I were. Yeah. We had the pets before we even thought about having kids. Right. So, I mean, there is yeah. that. Like I said, I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate a bit here because and I there, do understand both there sides. Is like, there, there is positions in which you could, like, you could absolutely account for everything possible on a pet. And then out of nowhere, the, the dog gets, like, some sort of insane, like, you know, tumor Cancer. or, yeah. right. Or, or even you just walk in the dog and, you know, it gets bit by a snake and you have to rush it in and now it just costs you three grand. So there, there is those times and I completely understand that, you know what I mean? Like, right. That's like a, you know, but for, for the most part, I mean, I've even thought of that, you know I mean? I've thought of all of the stuff and then I've thought, you know, in advance, the what ifs, so oops. So to me, it, it is kind of a, if you're going to get a pet, you ought to be able to at least mildly afford it, you know, at least hold right. some responsibility to that. Uh, but, yeah, there's always going to be some sort of what cost occurrence where you're like, oh, geez, that wasn't intentional. So, right. Uh, but the the other thing, like um, so things like like the hassle of it. I mean, that's another one. You, you kind of know that that's going to be the thing. You know, um, some pets, as you know, uh, I, I have a French bulldog. Um, I went into this French bulldog with some of the hassles of not knowing any of that stuff. So <laughs> like French bulldogs, when they go poop, you have to wipe their butt like a, like a person. 
That's that was something I had no idea. And no matter what you do, you cannot have your six or five or seven or eight year old do that for you. That's a, your job or your wife's job, one or the other. You know, there, there's no chance your five year old's gonna wipe the poop off of there or to even do it correctly. Right. So that was that was definitely um, a hassle. That was like. Uh, no, man, I just got hit with that and had no idea I'm going to be doing this now for the next 17 years. <laughs> so you'll always be wiping somebody's butt. Yeah. yeah I, I always tell my wife all the time, I'm like, you know, none of you have wiped my butt, but I have wiped all of yours. And she's like, when have you wiped my butt? And I'm like, do you not remember being in the hospital when you had the C-section with Electra? Do you not, or yeah, do you not remember that? And she's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, wiped all of your butts. None of you have wiped mine. <laughs> I would consider that a good thing. Call me funny all. Yeah, no, no, thank you. They can keep that. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was, that would be an experience I would not have thought of for a pet. Right. I mean, but I'm. I'm mostly a cat person, and a lot of that's because yeah. I've lived in apartments most of my life, and or most of my adult life. Let me put it that way. Most of my adult life's been in an apartment, and right. you know, it's also cats are. I always like the theory that, and this is just me personally, a dog will love love anybody at any time that comes in that door that they know, no matter what. Do- dogs are all about loving their owners. Cats, yeah. on the other hand, will look at you, walk pa- past you like you owe them money, and then <laughs> out of nowhere come up to you and demand love when they want it. So right. to me, it's you know a cat lo- likes you, honestly, yeah. not just it's embedded not the, in them. Yeah, not so, just instincts of, oh, dog. Yeah. Dead. yeah. But it's <laughs> also when we got um the hermit crabs. Originally, mm. those were supposed to be very entertaining very easy to deal with it just sits there not even that during the day they're buried under the ground yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like you sit there and of course my son wants to dig them out to look at them and i'm like yeah. no you cannot dig them out let's wait till the evenings well, when they come out you, we yeah. can take the flashlight and look at them mm. and of course he gets a salamander which those things do nothing but hide underneath the rocks so i mean which now this thing's underneath its water dish all the time. All the time yeah. And I couldn't have those. It would, it would be like, it would be like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, like looking through that porthole all the time, you know, like <laughs> this close, like, hello, come on, crab. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're definitely interesting, but if I had to do over again, the crabs, I would say, yeah, let's just get let's get a lizard that sits on the ground and not. Yeah. But right. yeah, I I mean I had an iguana when I was a kid. I hate this. Um, and my parents bought me like small animals, a couple small ones. I mean, we had a cat, a dog, you know. Um, but for for the most part, my mom did did the cat and the dog when we were like in the younger years. And as we got older, we started to learn to progressively take care of animals slowly but surely. Um, but I had like an iguana, and I I remember I went through like four of them in like a month because I bought one, 
Yeah, I, I bought one and I put it in a cat cage. Um, and you know how the the cage of the door has the little, you know, because the cross beams or whatever, right. you know, so the little square opening. So it weaseled itself through there and got stuck and died. So Jeez. then I had a dead one that week. Then the next one I had in like. Uh, I didn't put it in that again because I learned that lesson. So I put it in something else and that one like got out and ran across the floor. Next thing you know, the dog is, you know, competent into two. So I can, there was that one. And the next one I did something else and like dropped it. And then the next one I, you know, after, so basically after four of them, I was like, mm, all right, not that anymore. <laughs> no more iguana. For I you. think that, I think that was a good choice to give yeah. up on that pet. Now, <laughs> murdering iguanas. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's another thing is how old were you when you were doing that? Uh, probably about 10, I would say. All right. So yeah. at 10 years old, the iguanas died. You probably mm. witnessed two or three of them, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, how did you handle the death of the iguanas? Were they hard on you? You only had them uh, for a short time. Did you think about yeah. it? For the most part, it, I mean, it, for, for one, it was a very short period of time of owning the animal. For two, iguanas are the type of animal or pet that doesn't really have a lot of emotion connected to it. They have no right. facial expressions or noise making or anything. They don't do anything. They just sit there and stare. Um, so there really wasn't, it was kind of just like, a, oh, well, that sucks. Or I, I probably got upset or whatever got mad or cried or whatever I did, but I, I remember it didn't really affect me that much. It wasn't that big of a deal. You know? All right. So, and you said you had cats and dogs growing up too. Yeah. So how old were you when one of those passed away? Because for me, I was 16 yeah. when my first, my first pet, which was a dog passed right. away and I was very close to him. Yeah. He ended up getting sick and had to be put down. Right. And um, yeah. So how old yeah. were you? Because to me, it was hard at 16. Right. So I dealt with it. My my first time ever like really having to deal with that, I was uh, I think I was like 15 or 16 as well. So about the same age. So we had this dog. Uh, my mom named it Ivory because it was like white, like big, white, fluffy fur. Um, and it was like a Samoyed mixed with a golden retriever. So it looked like a golden retriever with like a wolf kind of face, but it was all white and didn't have the gold to it. Um, and I mean, my parents got her when I was like one, my, my brother was probably like three or four at the time. And I was like one and a half change range. Uh, so I, I, I mean, essentially I grew up with the dog, you know, all the way up until mm -hmm. I was like 16. Um, the dog was getting old. It was starting to, it got like a tumor in the back of its head. And we, we think that it was kind of like passed out and too old to get up, you know, um, Back back then, my mom had uh, you know an F two fifty with a seven three diesel in it. So when you started it, it was like rah, rah, rah. it was real loud, obnoxiously loud, big old old school diesel. Um, right. You know the one the ones with the the big valve clacks that you know when it runs. So <laughs> this dog used to sleep under it all the time. So my mom would go out there, start the truck every single day. Um, and then go back inside, finish up whatever, collect the kids, and then get the kid in there. Um, that way the dog, you know, the dog had gotten up and would get out, you know, oh, because you hear the noise, it's obnoxious. But he used to sleep under the trucks because, I mean, it was South Florida, so it was hot. Right. You know, so shade underneath. Um, so just 
one day that that didn't happen <laughs> well <laughs> yeah so. all, all i remember is uh uh my mom pulling forward and i just thump, thump, and we were like what was that and we all go to look to see if there was going to be a basketball you know slinging out from underneath sure enough nothing so my mom got out and she, <laughs> i was like what but yeah she she's like i'm yeah just go we're just going to school and she told me later uh that you know she she had smushed the dog <laughs> i was like oh god well, yeah now, here, i was pretty devastated kind of my, I, I would definitely cried yeah well and here's kind of my thought about that too because like i said i did a lot more research because one with being big pet people here at my house and my i grew up with i've had a pet almost my entire life with an exception of a couple years here and there the one thing that people like i said people mentioned death being what do you do now of course most times unless something odd happens disease car mom's pickup truck whatever it might be <laughs> i mean most times you're in your teens where you're old enough to actually understand some but the pet passing most times most kids at like right now it's very unlikely my five-year-old is going to have to deal with the cat that's not even a year old passing or the twins that are i think four years old so they're a year younger than him so generally when a pet passes they're in their teens or things like that Mm -hmm. and you can explain to them hey they're at the age that you can explain to them this is what happened and you can explain your religious beliefs or say it went to a farm or however you want to do it but they're at that age they can understand what you're telling them right so but one of the big things i also saw on this kind of to me plays into it is it gives better having pets helps with um building emotional emotional intelligence i think it's called kind of being able to understand and feel and you know like and i hate to say this i'm an older dad i'm 44 years old so but most parents or most kids their grandparents will be the first thing that they find as death right and most times it's in teenage years as well because a lot of people when they have kids the kids are what or the parents are usually what in their early to mid 20s at least early 20s early 30s mid 20s late 20s yeah i would say 20 from 20 to 30 is like i would say the more common age right i was 34 when she was born yeah i was 39 so i was i was about i was on the 40s doorstep by the time my son was born (laughs) i just no 30 38 maybe i was 39 or 38 something like that right i'd have to do the math i'm horror sadly Mm. enough i still have to pull out calculator to remember how old i am at times yeah so but (laughs) the general purpose of that is is one for a kid to be able to have that emotional support and connection to something that's not directly their mom and dad or brother and sister is completely different. Plus you kind of like, I can see in my daughter who's not two yet, but get getting close to it, how she's constantly hugging and kissing the pets Mm -hmm. where my son wants to roughhouse and fight and occasionally wants to lay there and hold their paws 
when he was yeah. tired and things like that. And, you know, the cats will play with him. They'll run from him, all this stuff. But they'll also, I have one cat that'll sit there and just, when he's tired and he'll just lay down and hold the paws of the cat and the right. cat will lay there like, yeah. okay, I'm fine with this. That kind <laughs> of connection they yeah. don't get with with friends outside of the house. Right. And uh, I would think so, yeah. And they don't yeah. learn the compassion because when you have friends outside of the house, at least in my opinion, it's right. more you're acting a certain way mm-hmm. where you know your pet, even at any age of a kid, you don't worry about are they going to make fun of me? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? It's as long as they don't scratch them, then they know that their pet's going to love them, going to be there for them, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I find that to be a huge important factor because that emotional development, it's mm. hugely important because it's also a big factor. And from what I've read, kids with um, autism or I actually wrote it down so I could say it properly, ADA, ADD or ADHD. Yeah. So kids with those, even adults with those issues, pets yeah. bring in that emotional support, that emotional yeah. comfort. And, you know, right. yeah, there's an expense. There's the fear of death. But, you know, sadly enough, my mom was talking to me about life insurance today. And she's telling me, hey, my, I have life insurance on my kids. And there was life insurance on me when I was a kid. Right. You don't expect to actually have to use it, but it's one of those things that death can happen for any reason, any time to any living creature. So I I I use life insurance as like a a bank loan. (laughs) (laughs) As a bank loan? Yeah. (laughs) You buy a life insurance policy, uh, pay on it for about a year, and then pull out the death benefit, and then... By the time it gets to the end, you pay. You continue to pay on it forever. By the time it gets to the end, the um, your payment will have rebuilt that death benefit. So you just got that. Like say you got a, you pulled out a hundred thousand dollar one. You know what I mean? So you just, right. it's, I mean it's like twenty dollars a month. You know, you pull out a hundred thousand dollar one. You pay your twenty or I, well, a whole life insurance like a hundred dollars. But you pull out the you pull the hundred thousand dollars out after six or six months. Maybe you gotta buy a new vehicle or whatever. You buy the new vehicle, whatever. You keep the leftover change, whatever, and then you continue to pay your hundred dollars a month for the next twenty years. You know, by the end of the twenty years, that hundred thousand dollar death benefit is it's back because the the banks invest your hundred dollars in stocks and all that stuff, so it builds and it comes back. So it's not like they'll tell you, oh, you'll lose that hundred thousand. Lie. You'll well, get it back. So well, with that, I'll tell you what. I will. No financial I, information given here. It's just my fun. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> from what I've seen, that at least with my policy, that's not how it works. So. Right. There, there's there's several different types of policies. You have to know right? your best. Something like that. Yeah, I go. I I talk to somebody about it. I don't just go do it. But yeah. Yeah, so yeah, off topic, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what that but it's a great topic. Eventually what we'll do is I have a um financial advisor I'll reach out to, see if he can get on and yeah. talk about life insurance and things to plan for. So yeah. that would be yeah, we'll good. get into that another time. For sure. But right now, pets, so yeah. what benefits do you 
tend to see with with your daughter having a pet around, even though you have to be the one that's going to probably wipe its butt till the end of time. And clean up pee and do the yeah. Because call me funny. Once your daughter's old enough to do it, I doubt she's going to. Yeah, I'm gonna be like you do it. I don't want it, Dad. Yeah. Um. So for for me, I would say the biggest one is emotional benefit. You know what I mean? Um. She's she's too young to learn responsibility in that aspect just yet. She's just, I mean, she's not too long young to learn responsibility. She's just too young to learn responsibility in that aspect. You know right. I mean? She she will come and help and feed and stuff like that. But that's what we do. We just let her help or do certain things. You know, feed the dog or whatever. You know, okay, daddy. You know, stuff like that. But she can't ever be expected to be responsible for it on a daily basis just yet. Um. But so f- at her age, um. The dog is a good, uh, I would say, emotional support and companion, and um, she learns things from the dog. Um, we we actually one of the things like you, we were talking about how the dog uh, dealing with the death of an animal. Um, we got this French bulldog about a little over a little about a year ago, I'd say, um, uh, because our our other dog actually uh, died from cancer. Um, she she was about a 50 pound uh, full size dog. Uh, She's black mouth cur, so she was like kind of a sheep dog or a shepherd dog kind of deal. Um, about 50 pounds, strong as an ox. Uh, very very loving, extremely emotional dog. Like the, there's some dogs that are just like roar 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 roar. You put food in front of their face and they're oh, oh and they eat it right. This dog was. Um, extremely emotional had had a high level intelligence so it wasn't just quite you know here's a food hump this you know it wasn't quite that idea um so my my daughter as well as myself and my wife all got extremely attached to her um as well as when we got her i had just gotten back from a a a pretty serious uh like overseas deployment um where i had quite the rough time um and our dog her name was nebula um she actually kind of knew a lot of the stuff i was going through and connected with me and she so she actually helped me deal with a lot of that ptsd and pain and stuff like that she would sleep with me all the time she would sleep on my chest and um stuff like that all the time so she would help me get through that and that was honestly looking to an animal for that type of love and support is is almost something you learn as a child by mm-hmm. having animals. You know what I mean? It's a feeling that you, in, unless you really don't get that experience as a child, you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to deal with it or do it as an adult. So her having that dog and she, when I would say, I thought that based on my connection with the dog, I was going to be the one that was the most hurt and in the most pain. I mean, I cried for probably three days straight. You know what I mean? I, I was so detrimentally destroyed from it um, because, I mean, I also came, I came out of nowhere. She was perfectly healthy, and then one day she wasn't, and the next day she was dead. Um, so it was like out of nowhere. I thought I was going to deal with the pain the worst, and my daughter is actually, to this day, over a year later, still dealing with it. She still, every so often, will catch uh, a memory and just start crying and it's we're over a year later you know what i mean so it just it just shows that kids and children really do get that serious connection and feeling even though it's just an animal it's still a companion it's it's family um to today 
having we originally got the french bulldog because she was having such a hard time and we figured it would kind of shift her memory or mind temporarily pull her mind off of this put it on this and mm -hmm. it did help at the time it was pretty good it helped out you know um but it didn't re remove the pain or remove the crying and upset feeling and stuff like that it just shifted it temporarily um so now today she has that uh, she has, we, we named her Gamora, you know, I watch Marvel a lot. I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> so you get Nebula and Gamora. Um, right. and we, we, we thought that to be fitting, um, because it's almost like a sister scenario situation. You know, we, we try to, we pretend and talk to Alexa or sorry, my daughter, you got to blur out her name. <laughs> uh, um, we, we talked to my daughter about it. Um, and we pretend that they're those two are sisters, Nebula and Gamora are sisters. So now she has almost connected Gamora, or Gamora, our dog, as her sister, and almost regards her as her sister. Um, she will kind of react to her similar to like she's her sister. Like uh, Gamora will come up um, when Electra or my daughter will be sitting on the couch uh, eating like crackers or whatever, and Gamora will come up and go to like liquor or something or just lean up against her and my daughter will be like gamora stop get off of me and she'll like shove her away um she's gotten mad at her and she's hit her you know you know learning to hit and not to hit and stuff like that and she's gotten mm -hmm. mad at her and like hit the dog and we had to like teach her about no hitting and <laughs> right so she right. yeah so she regards she she acts and talks to her like she talks to us like people, you know, what I mean, she regards her as her sister. So she'll she'll read her books. She'll go up in her bed and she'll say, Gamora, come here. And she'll set her next to her and she'll grab the book and she'll read the dog, the book. And it's pretty interesting. All right. So, I know, again, it's a bit of a different scenario with us having cats versus dogs. But yeah. like my son was very attached to the cat that we ended up getting thrown on us without when that roommate moved out, right? Right. And yeah. he was highly attached to her. She slept in his crib with him, mm. loved him, just very close. And right. kind of when she passed, she passed probably, oh, I'd say maybe a year, maybe a year ago about that time or not even a year ago. Right. So less than a year ago at this point. And here's, you know, here's kind of my other thought is, since we already had cats in the house, when one pet passed, it wasn't too emotionally upsetting. Right. Because he still had some emotional support from the other cats. Yeah. And that's kind of why we've always, we agreed that we'll always have two cats at minimum. But even to this day, he'll sit there and, like my wife, she'll mix up names of the animals and she'll <laughs> go, she'll go, well, Boots and Lin Lin and KK and my son will go, Mommy, KK is no longer here. Yeah. And he goes, so, and he understands because we've explained it to him that, hey, she passed away. Right. And we explained, it's, it's, we, we explained our her. belief system and all this. And right. we said, you know, this is, this is where she is. And, you know, our goal is to get back to be able to be with those that we love and she, if all is how it should be, we'll hopefully see her there and et cetera, right. et cetera. But, right. and, you know, my son, I believe 
his emotional state, it built it up a little bit more mm-hmm. because when my cat Gremlin passed, he was very young. I don't yeah. think he even realized. Right. Yeah. Like he remembers her in pictures, but yeah. that was about the gist of it. Right. Too, but, too I mean, young to understand or deal with it or feel. Yeah. Now, another thing that I found in my research, and I've always said this, but I've never had all the data to back it up until I actually did the dive into it, was the um, kids that have pets tend to show to be healthier. So they tend to be, their immune systems develop stronger. They opposed to the CDC saying don't get kids because they don't get pets because they might get sick. Right. All other research shows that kids with with pets will end up being healthier. So it's, well, you saw how the CDC was wrong on a lot of research. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of pets, so yeah. ended up yeah. having one join us. Yeah, I, I mean I, that that makes sense that kids would you know their immune systems would be slightly stronger or built up from being around that stuff because I mean it. Yeah, think about it, they're exposed to germs that normally you wouldn't be. I mean, you're not going to go out in the yard and, you know, eat a rat or lick <laughs> a piece of poop and then come inside and lick your owner's face or lick your daughter's face. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, that's something that they're exposed to that they normally wouldn't be exposed to. You know, not that that stuff's bad or anything. I mean, nobody, if, if you mentally see the rat and lick it yourself, yeah, you're going to puke. But if the dog goes out, licks the rat, or the cat goes and licks the rat, comes inside, licks you on your face, you don't even know what happened. You're exposed to those same uh, antibodies and germs, and you don't even know what happened. You know, so and it's only a little bit at a time, so it's probably good for them. Like you said, well, an example, even for adults, you look at like mm-hmm. one thing you notice a lot with people that are retired, and I was thinking about this recently because my mom retired and she swears when we were there for Thanksgiving that my daughter got her sick again. And I thought about it. And the fact is, is when you're out there working, normally you're working in an office, unless you're somebody like me who works from home. As you can see behind me, I have my work computer behind me and all sorts of stuff. And it's just that whole, most people you're around a lot of people. Right. Exposed. Yeah. So, and if you go to church temple, um community groups whatever you're going to that exposes you to other germs viruses things like that but as you either become more a work from home person retired where you're not around people a whole lot without that interaction you end up getting sick easier and kids they tend to be a petri dish with legs so, so anybody that yeah. doesn't realize getting into fatherhood that you're going to end up sitting there going, why am I always sick? Yeah. Until I got a kid, I would literally never be sick. I think Right. before my son was born, I counted in one hand how many times I was actually sick and not including hangovers. <laughs> yeah. I quit counting after the first year. Right. Yeah. It's like, man, you know, I work from home. Why do I have, why am I? <laughs> Throat hurt. I didn't even go out today. I haven't been <laughs> out of my house in three days because there's no point. There's nowhere to go. I've got nothing to do. Everything's taken care of. I got all the food and water, everything I ever need. My family's here. What? A, why am I sick all the time? 
oh my kid <laughs> exactly Tommy my kid dirt. was eating dirt that's that's right <laughs> there's all sorts of reasons that the neighbor's I mean, kid snotted on my kid perfect that's <laughs> so i mean the, i think the big the big view on my point is is you hear all these negatives now there's obviously you and i seem to have the same viewpoint because we both grew up with pets yeah my my wife from what she's told me she grew didn't grow up with pets Mm -hmm. and she grew up in china so every now and then she would mention a dog and i'll of course make the bad joke of did it become (laughs) dinner (laughs) i'm like what happened to it did it become dinner (laughs) and she never i don't think she's ever answered me on that yeah but different it's also different cultures have different views about pets right yeah so it's i know like some cultures pets are considered dirty you it's against the religion to have them in the house i think i've heard different things like that and so our viewpoint obviously my wife she loves fish and she she would grow up and have fish and this and that so for her fish as a pet is a good pet she likes them me i grew up with dog and a cat because we lived out in the country for a while and you know so i think dogs are good pets as long as they're nowhere near my yard so (laughs) but i had i had a couple of dogs a couple of cats um my they had two horses and then we had another another empty barn that uh, they would my parents would rent out to another horse that somebody would keep their horse there um and obviously we had an array of hamsters and gerbils and <laughs> lizards and i think every like every kid eventually or most kids eventually have gerbils yeah i'm, ex- no I'm expecting <laughs> i'm expecting my kid to have reptiles amphibians my yeah. daughter i'm expecting her to probably end up with gerbils or bunnies or Right. If I'm lucky, yeah. she just leaves them alone, and we stick with the cats. Yeah, we had we had ferrets, and we had uh, ferrets stink, and we had a yeah. couple of bunnies, and we had bunnies out, and we kept them out in like a chicken wire cage out in the out outside with like a roof and stuff. Um, and out out where we lived, a fox got them. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I should use that excuse next time my wife talks about us having chickens again. Yeah. Honey, we have a fox running around. It's just going to look at it as dinner here. Eat it. Yes. But, yeah. I mean, overall, I think if if you grow up with pets, it's almost a no-brainer. You're going to accept them. People that didn't grow up with pets, in my strictly my opinion, as it is, yeah. and, you know, there's a whole lot of benefits to do it. Right. But you also have to be ready to, you either have to decide what age you're going to take that step to have the pet. Mm-hmm. So if usually, in my opinion, if you have a kid and you're not used to having a pet, I would personally suggest that you wait a couple years, maybe five or six years to where you can explain right. things to your kid and they can understand it. Because yeah. my my almost two-year-old daughter still I have to know, do not lay on the cats. You weigh more okay. than they do. Don't I mean, pull it in ears. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah. she still bends down and hugs it and kisses it. And, right. But it's also that fact of since we already have them, we're already teaching her. And 
we also have that experience. My wife, she's familiar enough with pets and she's attached to them enough that she understands, hey, we need to do this with the cats. We need to right. act this way. So that whole process is second nature to her as well at this point. If right. if you're just stepping into having pets for the first time and it's your first rodeo with pets and you have a kid, at least wait till they're old enough to understand and even try to start them off with something little like a hamster or a guinea pig, something like that. Right, yeah, something small that they can't get super attached to, I would think would right. be the best. I would, and yeah. I would say something furry that they can pick up unless they have like some a dog or a cat's a little too I think because they have emotions you know they, right they connect with yeah. exactly. and I think it's good for for me I mean beyond responsibility beyond like doing all those things and learning how to take care of I mean it it's just you you can almost in a weird way almost see the level of love that a, an adult gives. If you have two adults, this adult never had a, a, a pet growing up, and this adult had pets growing up. This adult doesn't have pets as an adult, and this adult does have pets. But the, the difference in their, the level of love, you know what I mean? When you have a, towards your family as an adult, you know, it just somebody with kids over the years, uh, it's almost like they learned to just love differently or more almost, you know what I mean? So like I don't know, it's it's kind of hard to explain. Like there's a difference between a a guy that goes to give his kid a hug and he's just like, mm, okay, all right, see you later, and a dad that goes and gives a kid a big old hug, kiss on the head, you know, hey buddy, all right, hey, have a good day at school, bud, all right. You know, that that's two. Those are two different people. You know, right. I, my stepdad was a, <clears throat> all right, see ya. You know, <laughs> right. But he. His his dad was exactly the same. You know, he was old school World War II veteran, you know, fought and fought and uh, whatever over in Germany or whatever. So he was very, no animals, no pets, no nothing. He was very stern, very mean. And my stepdad was not as bad, but similar. Very stern, very plain, very simple. Not a lot of love, not a lot of feeling. Very just, but... He didn't have any children grown or any animals grown up. I did. My parents, him and my mom gave me, you know, so me now when I go to see my daughter, I'm like to the point where she's like, get off me, dad. Stop. <laughs> I'm over there like, mm, 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 mm. Right. you know, so I just feel like I just feel like that that little bit of extra is enough to push you over the edge into a position as an adult to where you're you love more. I don't know. You can feel more, you know, weird way. Let me, let me put my thought on that because yeah. like, and I'll, my grandpa, he was kind of that old school, hard nose her kind of thing. Right. But on the same note, I think more for him was for him showing emotion was not something he grew up being taught. Right. So he might very well had strong emotions, cared very much whatever it might be but in his generation and in his life because he did kind of he had a dog and he grew up on farms and all this so he was around animals his whole life so i think part of that plays in on generational how you were raised and what's so happy but i think i think having a pet that you're close to and i think it also plays more into with 
our generation and the generations following us and maybe the generation right before us possibly but the emotional being able to show your emotions isn't deemed as a weakness kind of a thing so those people and i do agree people with a pet will show emotions a lot differently than people without pets right because you can see somebody that has like i still the cats i have two cats that'll fight uh, who's going to lay on my chest when i go to sleep at night you know (laughs) one one cat likes to sleep in the rocking chair in my daughter's room and my daughter definitely loving to animals so is my son and as they get older people my son's very much open to showing that he's caring and but he also likes to be a boy and fight and wrestle so it's not he's becoming a sissy boy but he's being able to still show that hey I do care. I do have these emotions and that's what pets do bring yeah. out where I think if you don't have that compassion, that companionship, that what was it called? Emotion intelligent, emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence. Yeah. I think yeah. it leads a whole different life. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, of obvious course, it's not a hundred percent. Right. But, every, yeah. every kid's going to be their own person. Right. So, majority. but I mean, you could very well, I mean, in all truth, I was kind of a hard nose in my early 30s, late 20s, yeah. and even kind of a bully in my later years of high school. And I had pets, and I was very attached to them, loved them to death. I mean, right. I knew I could count on just being able to go home and have them there yeah. and not worry. But so, I mean, but it's also once I. Yeah. One thing that people did say is they, like a lot of my exes that I dated, would see my cat and how I treated her and say that any girl I married would obviously be treated amazing if I treated them half as well as I treated my cat. (laughs) And the fact of if I love my cat this much, how much would I love my kids? Yeah. So I think pet ownership does kind of prep you for taking that step to have a strong family to be able to do things like that and teach kids so much more. Yeah. It it's my opinion. It's definitely well worth if you're thinking about having a kid, get a pet, get a pet. So one you can try and look at cats are fantastic, but you do have to watch some cats that like to crawl into bed with the babies at night. But that's only the first year that you worry about that. And after that, it's really not okay. a concern. I'd say it's it's well worth it comparative to the potential disease that you're going to get on some <laughs> planet far, far away in the other universe. I, I actually want to look. I mean, I'm going to look up uh, one of these diseases really quickly. Let's see right, here so, what the name is. All right. uh, so while you're looking that up, mm-hmm. one thing like my list here that I have it talks about um, also one thing that we didn't mention is how having these pets will allow the kids to be able to get more exercise, more running, even if it's an indoor cat. Like I said, my son chases after the cats and are constantly trying to play that way. Yeah. So obviously it looks like you found that disease. So what it, can you even pronounce the name? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Yersinia. Enterocolitica. That's one of them. 
So what, before we go to any others, I can't even, I wouldn't even be able to repeat that. What, what does that disease consist of? I mean, Let me, okay, let's see. What is that? What is your sinia? Because of something or other. Yeah. Your sinia is a gram negative rod shaped bacterium belonging Ooh. to the family. Your sinia, whatever, uh, becomes not causes or symptoms here we are common symptoms in children are fever abdominal pain and diarrhea which is often bloody symptoms typically develop four to seven days after exposure and may last one to three weeks so it's essentially <clears throat> it's essentially a really crappy cold yeah i mean i know dog. that those you symptoms ever heard of there, anybody ever getting that ever no but <laughs> i know those <laughs> symptoms there from what the pediatricians i've dealt with have said is those are common with probably a ton of other things as well. So right, pretty much everything. So yeah, basically some antibodies fixes yeah, that. Probably something they need anyways. Yeah. Uh, Bord Bordetella bronchoseptica. So in my experience, uh, Bordetella is a commonly vaccinated thing that dogs commonly get vaccinated for. And it's essentially just, yeah, it causes inflammation of the trachea and bronchi. So it's just a bad cough. It's canine cough. It's just a cough. <laughs> and apparently they can give it to kids. But my, I, I remember my other dog, this dog, they're vaccinated on it like three times a year. So it's the chances are like, give me a break. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. What's another one? Methylicillin. Resistance staphylococcus <laughs> areas. That's a four-word one. So basically, if you have a pet and you give them their vaccinations, you take care of them, and you mm. don't live in a third-world country, then the likelihood to get any of these diseases, illnesses that the CDC is trying to warn people about is hugely slim from what it sounds like uh, because... Right, yeah. That one is MRSA. Methylicin resistant staphylococcus MRSA. No, that's the nickname for it. MRSA is or staph infection essentially. Yeah. It's kind. I mean, I've had staph infection. You know, I've never had MRSA. I never had MRSA that caused staph infection. I got staph infection from getting stabbed when I was overseas. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool story there. Wait a second. So, anyways, uh, but yeah, uh, the I mean. My dog licks my face all the time. Has for years, even when I was a kid. Never, not once, got MRSA or staph infection. Not once. My dog <laughs> eats poop. <laughs> look at look at this too. Like my son, he. I think we even talked about his nature class that he led himself for the salamander hunt a while back. <laughs> the fact of, like I mentioned, he has a salamander right now that. I want him to get rid of so we can get a lizard, at least a lizard that's above ground that can be seen. Right. But salamanders, and I didn't know this, and when I was growing up, we would go camping in Pennsylvania and I would pick up salamanders, and you never think about it. A salamander is just a salamander. Right. Well, they produce some kind of slime on their body that has salmonella in it. So, I mean, but in other words, don't pick up a salamander and lick your hands. Right. And if you see your kid with a salamander, throw throw some of that um, hand sanitizer on their hands, and away you go. Right. Because 
and the likelihood is is if they don't have it as a pet and it's in your area if they're yeah. walking around and they can finally they can find something to pick it up the likelihood is is what they're going to find outside outside of pets the pets that you have at home right. is going to be something more to worry about than the pets that you have inside your house inside your home right correct because at least at least lizards in your house you can say okay you played with it let's go wash your hands yeah i can only imagine more 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 or less the chances of you even getting salmonella from a salamander in the right. wild that actually has salmonella on its back or whatever is like i mean you could probably eat the stinking thing raw and still not get it i mean it, is it possible yeah yeah because it probably has salmonella on it but it's like my, my wife, you know, I didn't really know a lot of this stuff when I was younger in my younger years. You know, I I did the typical, um, the, the typical, you know, oh, I want my kid to get sick or I need to get sick so I get the antibodies. And that's okay to an extent. But in reality, just simply being exposed, even so, like uh, on a cold, when somebody gets the, um, you know, uh, the the viral they call it a viral load so say say they were in numbers you know what I mean say you get one viral or virus dot versus um, somebody comes with the com the active common cold and sneezes and spits in your mouth you're probably gonna get a million little viral dots in your mouth whatever you know what I mean right the difference is, is zero so <laughs> the only difference is that one you're still your body's going to develop that antibody understand it and from that point forward you're going to now know how to develop the antibody versus the 1 million your body's going to still develop the antibody your body's going to know how to develop and deal with that antibody in the future just like getting one but the million's going to make you get a cough so right. it, i mean getting a salamander and having that little bit touch your tongue yeah and ain't going to hurt you Plus, yeah. the likelihood is, is if they touch a salamander, they're going to put it down. They're going to grab something else. They're going to wipe their hands on dirt. Right. I mean, right. You're so, wipe hands on 300 things. So, yeah. yeah. But generally, there's right. more things in the wild to worry about than in your own house when you have pets. Correct. Correct. Now, yeah. now, the other side of that coin is, is and I, I'm saying this because I think it makes sense, is don't get go out and get a pit bull that you rescue from a, a, a fighting ring. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are certain breeds of dogs and animals that you just don't get for kids. So also do your research, obviously, because not because who knows, you might get a dog that you have to wipe their butt for 17 years and clean up its pee. Yeah. So yeah. do your research so you don't end up like Mr. Pancake Oh, or, I, I think I think that my wife did her research. <laughs> I think that she knew. I think she just did it on us because oh, it's too cold. I don't want to go outside. Can you do it? <laughs> oh, and then when it's not too cold, oh, it's too hot outside. Can you do it? I was gonna say you're in Florida. Cold doesn't really exist, does it? <laughs> yeah. Get... Uh, it was it was 38 last night and 42. Or not, it was 42 last night and 38 last last night, the night prior. So, so pretty cool. what, what is your daytime temperature, so? Oh, shit. Because Shoot, here, I haven't been outside in five hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, six, I was going to say, because 
Now, the part of Florida you're in, I haven't really spent too much time in in that area. 58 today? So you're about... Florida, like Panhandle, so right. So you're about ten degrees warmer than we are. So, do you guys even get snow there? No. Yeah. So Uh, like, God forbid it did snow. The ocean's like walking distance from my house. It wouldn't last on the ground for more than a split second. Oh no, the salt air would just demolish it. Right. So and just like for us, we'll get. We don't really here in Virginia. We get, because I'm right outside of D.C., so we get freezing rain more than we get snow. But for me, I have a rain jacket with a wool liner that I'll wear as a winter coat for most of winter. Yeah. So it's that whole thing. But, yeah, it's definitely do your research before getting a pet. And fathers, don't let your wife choose the pet because the likelihood is is any negative of that pet will be your responsibility. <laughs> I also make sure there are there are breeds that are great for home protection, that are great for yeah. um, loving this and that. But those same breeds are horrible around kids because they're jealous. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, like my my black mouth cur was when it came to the, the that was the one that died of cancer. Okay. So, um, when it when it came to like love and affection and protection, uh, it it loved every human on earth unless they had a problem with me, my wife, and my daughter. Uh, then it was like time to kill. Mm-hmm. And, but either way, she still was very lovely, lovey and affectionate. You know, what I mean, she didn't hurt or attack anybody. She was very friendly, very loving to other dogs. Wonderful with my daughter and other kids and other stuff like that. She was just kind of a brat. So they're they're hard up to teach. You know what I mean? Like sit or, you know, hold right. still. You know, well, even, there. and not just dogs. I had my first, my first or second apartment that I lived in. Mm-hmm. I forget because they were both in the same building. I just moved across the hall for to the bigger right. apartment. But I had two ferrets. And like you said, oh, yes, they can, yeah. Oh. But and <laughs> you would think, okay, small animals, they they can be loving all this. Right. Now I had a roommate, which ironically was named Eric. So, <laughs> and he had three friends named Eric. So Matt, this was back in the day of landlines and things like that. So imagine phone calls. Hey, Eric, is Eric there? Sure, Eric. Who is this? Oh, this is Eric. Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric's on the phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but getting back to the actual point with the ferrets is they were very loving. They let him pet. They let him pet them. All this when I wasn't there or when I was asleep. But they would sleep in my on my bed when I was asleep. And he worked second or third shift. He would swing between the two, and he would come in to see if like just pop his head in to see if I was in my room or if I was out with somebody or something. And he would tell me all the time that if I was sleeping, that they would run to the end of my bed and hiss at him and make noises. And he said that in the dim light of my room, he could see them showing their teeth. Now ferrets are small, but their teeth are long enough to go through your fingers. 
and yeah. their claws their claws can cut you pretty nicely. Yeah, the so, little baby ones, the ones. That... Yeah, so definitely not a pet that I would suggest for an infant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, it's the whole thing of we as dads as parents we need to know what we're bringing into the house and if you already have pets in the house you also need to make sure that you teach your kids like i said we had cats when my son was born so we had to teach them how to interact with the cats and then just repeat the process with my daughter and one thing i have learned is there is a huge difference of how boys and girls interact with pets as little kids so yeah i would i would say as especially um i mean i don't have any uh i I mean i guess our situation was like this scenario but it ended up good for us um but as a new parent if you have an established dog or pet especially like a dog because dogs are bigger and stronger cats are the next one down Um, but if you you have like let's say you have an established dog in the house um and you're a young family couple and you have your first kid uh, and now that dog is no longer the baby the baby is now the baby and if that i would just say you need to be prepared to find that dog a new home not necessarily that you'll have to but you need to prepare yourself that that is a potential option because if that dog bites that baby, the outcome is worse for it than if you just see them dismissed. Yeah, than just simply rehoming the dog prior to a bite. You know, recognizing that a potential bite is there um, and going, I guess we need to rehome it. Because, you know, putting the dog down or putting it at the pound or anything like that is just bad for the dog that's right that's not okay you know and the dog didn't do anything wrong it did what its instincts told it so finding you know being prepared for that will give you i would say the ammo to you know really look at it and reasonably you know tell what that how the animal is going to act and react towards your the you know the new baby in the home and give you the option and ability to just simply rehome the dog yeah, and part of that is going doing your research with right. the breed that you have, and yeah. if it, and look even if it's a breed that's good with kids, look at okay. ways to make sure that like how to custom the dog with the new baby yeah. so that it doesn't feel it. But let's do this. We're getting we're either close to an hour or about over an hour now. Yeah. So <laughs> right now. You have pancakes with your dad up and running that dot com. You have the website up. Yep. I'm work. I'm working on some stuff that I'm not ready to announce, but it's going to be coming. But yeah. I think will be if I can manage it, will be good for for dads as well, especially dads in my position. Um, with call with dads, we're on any audio service that you can find, and if we're not shoot us a message because I can guarantee you I'll find a way to get it on there most times, unless it's a paid service that wants an ungodly amount of money for to be on there. Um, and YouTube, we have our YouTube video. Obviously, you can see my face and Mr. Pancake since he's in witness protection or hiding or he's not even telling me what his case is there, but you can kind of see his little 
silhouette behind the <laughs> behind the little distorted thick distorted camera view of him but generally yeah you can find us about anywhere you want we're on social media truth twitter facebook i don't think we deal with instagram um uh, yeah i i have a i have a facebook uh but i don't have an instagram attached to it i was thinking maybe but i don't know it's not really super like active right so in general those are the main places you can find us obviously our website callwithdads.com you can reach us there we have links to all of our social there and you can find the youtube there we're on substack which i'm not sure if i'm gonna keep that going or just get rid of it but as of this recording we on episode eight so i mm-hmm. the first eight episodes it's on there but yeah generally we're about wherever we can be found that makes sense to us yeah. you can reach out to us and pancake with your dad is you're about everywhere too aren't you yeah um the pancakes with your dad page um is on truth social uh but you can't message me on there unless you friend request me first in which case i'll friend request you back um facebook is on there as well as as well as instagram and you can send me messages on facebook that's more than likely your best bet for just a simple message or question um and then i have uh, a twitter as well you can message me on twitter um and then i have a linkedin and you can message me on LinkedIn as well. Um, but there's there's also the Pancakes with Your Dad page uh, website, which is pancakeswithyourdad.com. Uh, that has all all your all the links on there, all the socials on there, um, email uh, as well as any sort of messaging centers where you can just reach out to me and ask me any kind of question you need. Um, if you have cool recipes, please send them my way and share. I'm all, always always about sharing. Uh, cool recipes and stuff like that. Uh, we can maybe make some cool pancakes or make even split it up a little bit and do some waffles. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like baking a lot, so it's delicious. But yeah, we'll just just shoot us a message and we'll go from there. We'll do something uh, interesting. Which sounds good. And then we're also working on guests. We set up our first guest to come on. Oh, so yeah, yeah. what I'll be posting more about that as we get closer to it to the air date of his his coming on but he's he's done pretty well with helping the fatherhood community so i'm looking forward to that as well so yeah Yeah, with that reach out to us let us know yeah and like i said i'll reach out to my financial advisor maybe we can get some information on what to do for 501 something for college funds and how to plan for your kids financial realm because Mm -hmm. things like that with that area i design restaurants i write i design websites i'm not a financial guy by any means so me neither yeah so definitely don't take our financial advice other than the grain of salt that or the two cents that it's yeah. worth, you know what I mean? A grain of salt, oh, two cents, whatever you want to say. So, <laughs> yeah, generally that's that's about it. Is we're expanding, we're doing good. Our audience is looking good. It seems like we have good people getting into listen. Well, I hope you are all good people. You might be bad people look cursing us out, and if you are, keep downloading the episodes. I'm okay with that. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that is what it is. With that being <laughs> said, I th- I think we just say goodbye to everyone, and the next episode yeah. we'll we'll dig into more things for people to enjoy. Awesome. Yeah, see you next episode. See you next episode.